That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. For a split second, Harry thought it was another leprechaun formation. Then he realized that it was a colossal skull comprised of what looked like emerald stars with a serpent protruding from its mouth like a tongue. As they watched, it rose higher and higher, blazing in a haze of greenish smoke etched against the black sky like a new constellation. Suddenly, the wood all around them erupted with screams. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way that the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 9, The Dark Mark. It's the night after the Quidditch World Cup and the Weasleys and company awaken in the middle of the night to a riot going on around them. Some people in hoods and masks have abducted the muggles who run the campsite and are literally terrorizing them. So Ron, Harry, and Hermione run into the woods for safety, where Harry realizes that he's lost his wand. After a series of kind of funny encounters, a disembodied voice casts the sign of Voldemort into the sky, a skull with a serpent in its mouth, the dark mark. The Dad Brigade, also known as very important members of the Ministry of Magic, appear to catch the culprit. But they are disappointed to find only the Golden Trio and eventually Winky, Barty Crouch's house elf. Despite it being extremely unlikely that Winky cast the Dark Mark, Crouch dismisses her from his service, and it's extremely fucked up. Welcome to the restricted section, where it's all trauma all the time. We're so, so sorry. I'm delighted to be joined today by my co-host, Mary Payton. Say hello to the listeners, Mary Payton. Hello, listeners. And we are so freaking excited because our special guest today is Beth Riekels, author of the Kissing Booth series, which is now a, a Netflix, film, Netflix film series, and um, also the upcoming Love Lockdown, which just revealed its cover last week. We're so freaking excited. Welcome, Beth. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We are so excited to have you here. We um we've heard you on some of the WBNE shows. Um, we're yeah. kind of like our network is friends with their network, you know, um, <laughs> and we're just so glad to have you on the show. Yeah, I mean, anytime, please. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your very hairy history. When did you get into the books? When did you get into the movies? What's the story there? Um, I know I saw the movies as they were coming out in cinema, and the books. I was trying to work this out yesterday because I know I had to wait around for book five. So I must have been about seven when I read books one to four. And then that's how I got into like first writing fan fiction. Although then, you know, I didn't do that again until I was in university because Mm -hmm. I was so impatient waiting for Order of the Phoenix to come out. I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a little story about, you know, Harry at the Disney's at the end of summer. And, you know, how's he going to get out of there? That's awesome. I love that. I remember that, very yeah. vividly, though, that it was, it involved Fred and George and a homemade porky that was a, a little bit dubious to get him out of uh, <laughs> Privet Drive. Oh, that sounds oh right. my God. Yeah, that sounds exactly right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, when the book you need isn't there, just write it yourself. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, huge fan to the point where, like, my teacher, when I was about 10, 11 in school, had to, like, 
tell my parents at a parents' evening or something like, Bethan needs to read something that is not Harry Potter. <laughs> and I ended up reading The Other Boleyn Girl instead because I was like, well, I like the Tudors, so... <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, a little tonally different. I do yeah. remember when I was in school that um, when book reports got assigned, Harry Potter was usually banned. <laughs> They're like, we don't, there are no new takes. Sorry, don't. And and that was 20 years ago. And here we are with this podcast now. (laughs) Still trying to make it new and fresh. There are new takes. (laughs) There are always new takes. So um, Beth, what Hogwarts house do you think you are? I'm a Gryffindor. I'm growing up. I always thought I was a Hufflepuff. Mm -hmm. But it turns out I just wasn't hanging out with the right people. And I am very much a Gryffindor. Wow, I love that. I love that journey for you. I'm like a little bit of the opposite where I've like uh, definitely a Gryffindor in my youth, but I've come into my Hufflepuff side in my adulthood. Yeah, I, I always used to get sorted into Gryffindor and be like, this is wrong. This do- this quiz doesn't know me. And then That's I was such like, a oh no, the quiz knew me better than yeah. I knew me. <laughs> right. That's like Harry telling the sorting hat where to put him, you know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I've definitely um, encountered that before where people thought they were one house. And then when the official test, which, you know, how, you know, it, how official is <laughs> yeah. it? Um, but it tells them that they're in some other house and they, they start doing some introspection. And they're like, you know what? I think this might be right. Who am I, Hedwig? What am I? That's what happened. That's definitely what happened with me because I got sorted into Slytherin, which was like the last house that I thought (laughs) I belonged in. I thought Hufflepuff for sure, maybe Ravenclaw. But now that I am in Slytherin or when I got sorted, I was like really upset. But then it feels kind of powerful. I kind of love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We're taking back Slytherin. We have so many excellent Slytherins on our network. (laughs) Not so much in this chapter, but. (laughs) Um, Hard no. No. Um, Hard no. Hard no on that one. Um, Before we get to the chapter, just a little bit of uh, housekeeping slash announcements. Um, First of all, happy Halloween. Halloween's on Sunday. So happy freaking Halloween to everyone. And that also means happy birthday to Mary Peyton, who's a literal oh witch. Gosh. Oh my God, happy birthday. Yes. Thank you so much. I'll be turning 152. <laughs> you look great for your age. I wouldn't have pegged you for a day over 120. Thank you. It's that skincare routine. <laughs> Yeah, Mary Payton's birthday is on Halloween, which is one of my favorite things about you. I never, never forget your birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I don't have to worry about people forgetting it ever. I mean, now right. that I'm getting older, I kind of wish people would. <laughs> um, but I've never had to worry about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, on that note, let's dive right into it. So this chapter picks up where the last chapter left off. The Quidditch World Cup has just ended, so the gang heads back to the campsite. They go to bed, despite the fact that there's, like, raucous singing on the night, you know? (laughs) Leprechauns celebrating everywhere. This is not the kind of place where you want to go to sleep, like, immediately after. Right. I think it would be very hard to be a child at an event like this because you're, you know, it's bedtime and it's like, (laughs) well, I, the, the energy is not bedtime. Yeah. Especially when your house or your the, where you're sleeping is only protected by a canvas, you right, know, yes. and you're going to hear literally everything right outside. I feel like there are some wizard parents who have like put a like a, a silence charm around their tent. Like, no, it is bedtime. You will sleep. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> muffly auto on yes. the kids. Yeah. Just like go to sleep. <laughs> 
Um, this gives me flashbacks to like music festivals where <laughs> there's music until like 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And you, it's just it's not good vibes to tell people to be quiet. So you just need to suffer. But my husband's a DJ, so I'm pretty good at going to sleep <laughs> with music thumping. <laughs> To his dismay. (laughs) So Harry's like dreaming of being a Quidditch player, which good for him. Most of his dreams have a little too much like hidden meaning. This one seems to be just like a hashtag goals dream. Yeah. (laughs) But then Mr. Weasley wakes them up. They're shouting urgently. Um, the, The vibe is now bad. It's not good. There's like a riot going on. Mr. Weasley basically is like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and he's Mr. Weasley is putting on his jeans over his pajama pants, which okay, I so many questions. <laughs> I, well, I can't. I w- I like really can't decide whether it's one that he's just in that much of a rush, or two if maybe there's something about wearing those Muggle type clothes that he's confused about or something. <laughs> I don't no know. way. He has to know how jeans. Yeah, I work. guess. Okay. All right. <laughs> I just picture him like sh- like being in too much of a hurry, but like the logistics of trying to like pull jeans over like ye old classic PJ bottoms. I mean, he probably looks like a more passable muggle than like the guy in the poncho and the kilt. So, wow, <laughs> so true. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> I wonder if he's wearing like shorts. But okay, here I actually have a question um, for you, Beth. So this is August. This event is happening in August. Yep. And Mr. Weasley tells them to put on their coats. Is it cold at night in the UK in August? Depends. If it's like one of our few days of heat wave, then no, you will like just be sweltering. But for the most part, yeah, you probably want a jacket. And given that they've gone out to the marshes or whatever for the Quidditch World Cup, then I did not question the coats. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. Hmm. I just had, I had, I'm glad we have a professional British person on the show because we live in the south of the United States. So he, in October, it still is like pretty hot at night. You don't need a jacket. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I buy it completely that okay. they needed coats. They needed coats. Well, especially because you don't know what's going to happen, how long they're going to be out there. Yeah. And it's the middle of the night, so... Yeah, um, it's. I think it's like a bad. It's a bad sign that Mr. Weasley is like you are not being supervised. Like just flee, flee for your lives. Basically, is like what he's doing right now. Like it's really bad. Yeah, yeah. like he just tells them to stick together and run into the woods. Yeah, which like when you're a, when you're one adult, there tells you to do that. It's not good. Yeah, but I mean, on the other hand. He's talking to, like, a couple of teenagers who have faced down Voldemort at least twice by now, so... That's true. True. I think that the difference here is, like, the sensory overload. It's, like, it's like I think that most of these people probably knew something bad was happening, like, even before they woke up, you know? Like, somewhere in their subconscious, they could, like, hear the screaming and stuff and, like... Yeah. Ooh, just wake up in a panic. It's not good. Mm-mm. Yeah, so there's a mob. <laughs> they're marching. That is bad. That's bad news. That's a bad sign. Um, they're, uh, God, it's just like, it's hard to even like say out loud. They're, they are floating. Like, they're, but that's like, sounds like a nicer word than what it is. They're like. <laughs> I mean, levitating works pretty Le- well. Yeah, 
levitate so. like non-consensual levitation yeah there you go Perfect. um it's mr roberts the campsite manager whom we met a couple chapters ago he's the one who's been having to be obliviated like every 10 minutes because he no knows he's that something's going, what's on. going on so like somewhere deep in his like psyche he like kn- he already knew something was afoot and then him and his wife and his children got abducted and are, are being like tortured via pretty much like fear and humiliation i mean it's bad yeah i mean in my head before i read this chapter again for this i was like oh they're unconscious but -hmm. they are not they're not they're i mean it was it was already pretty pretty terrible and then realizing that they like they are wide awake as this is going on i was like nope Mm -mm. yeah things have got very dark very fast I, they're talking about how – so there's, like, a mob of Death Eaters, right? We don't know that word yet, but there's a mob of Death Eaters in hoods and masks in the middle, and they're surrounded by this wall pretty much of, like, dr- drunk fuckboys, right? Who, like, don't yep. – they're just, like, happy for the chaos. Probably a lot of drunk Irish people. Like, they just won, the, the you know, earlier tonight. Like, everyone's lit. Um So, but they're talking about how they don't want to cast a spell that might hit the Roberts. But, I mean, why not cast, like, a spell to knock them out? Because if you knock them out, they'll, that'll be so much better. And then if you hit one of the bad guys, they'll go down. Like, that's the answer. Wow, that's, you just solved it, actually, right there. Yeah, like, (laughs) someone please knock out these muggles. Yeah, I was going to say, like, just a quick Petrificus Totalus slip, but I think they're still kind of conscious for that. So I don't think that is any better. So I take that one back. It gets worse. (laughs) It's too frozen. Yeah. Hmm. Being Petrificus Totalus is like my worst fear in the world. I like, it just sounds terrible. It does. Yeah. I mean, if it's anything like sleep paralysis, nope, no, thank you. Yeah. Do you get sleep paralysis? (laughs) I have a couple of times this year and I was like, Oh, that's no fun. Yeah. I get it chronically as well. And it, um, it's pretty much the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, that's, that's, but that's what I imagine being Petrificus Totalist is like. Yeah, totally. This mob, they're blasting and trampling tents. They flip Mrs. Roberts upside down and expose her underwear. I mean, that is definitely a part that my brain just blanked out on thinking about this chapter. I know. How did I read this when I was 14? Like, how was I okay? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not okay. But I mean, there's a bit there where it refers to like her voluminous drawers as if that's like something to mock. And I'm like, if like, I would be very glad of the extra coverage. I was, I, that's literally what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was sleeping. I wear my most voluminous drawers when I sleep. Yeah. I, I think, I think everyone does. <laughs> yeah. They are spinning the littlest kid like a top. There's a frowny Oof. face in my notes. Just... <laughs> It's not good. It's really bad. I almost think that, like, as a kid, you just, your brain is just like, oh, bad stuff. And you just kind of skip. Yeah. You just glaze over it all as like, oh, no, bad things happened in this chapter. Right. Just like bad guys doing bad stuff. But, like, as an adult, this is, like, pretty, pretty hard to read. And I understand why they did not include this in the films. Because that would have been really hard to look at. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's similar to um, in the seventh book, I guess, when mm-hmm. they're at Malfoy Manor and um, 
Who do they have up? The Muggle Studies teacher. I don't remember. Oh, that's right. Charity Burbage? Am I making yes, that up? Yes, Charity Burbage. Nice. Well nice. done. Killed it. <laughs> you know, I feel like we had to wait for the seventh and eighth films for that kind of darkness to be shown. Right. Yeah. And I, if I remember correctly, oh, I'm not going to look it up. Um <laughs> well, I think the rating changes some, somewhere from PG. I, yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm sure I went to the cinema and it was like a 12 or 12A oh. or something like, you know, go with guidance. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you have different guidance. We have different ratings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that if I remember correctly, one through four are PG or like maybe four is PG-13. And then like randomly six is also rated PG, but like the other ones are oh, PG-13. Oh, yeah. You said that before. I reckon it's the the spider funeral, you know, the pincers. They unnerve some people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Mary Peyton, we actually talked about this on our bonus episode that we released last Halloween, Scary Potter. Nice. With, yes. with with Scary Clay and Scary Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So Arthur, Percy, Bill, and Charlie, they're going to help the ministry. All hands on deck. Um uh, Char- Charlie doesn't work for them. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I might have like made Charlie go with the children as like a su- official super, mm. especially for Harry. He's gonna get into something, you know. He is. <laughs> That's for sure. Trouble will find him. Yeah, but I guess it's probably just like yeah, all hands on deck. Like yeah. whoever is a good person with a wand. Yeah, they probably like Harry can take care of himself enough versus these muggles. God, it's just bananas how much he actually can't take care of himself. <laughs> They have. They really have no idea. They right. Think they know. They have no idea. I've, I've just been listening to the, the Adventure Zone, and it's very much like Magnus rushes in, and I'm like, "This is what Harry Potter would do." Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so just funny. Charge Any- right on in. <laughs> Anytime anyone charges right in, I'm like, "Fucking Gryffindor!" <laughs> I don't For understand sure. that energy. Arthur tells the kids to flee into the woods. I'm a little confused. Like, I understand that Arthur wants them to get away from the danger, but, like, I would probably be, like, go to, like, X location, like, go to where the port key came Mm -hmm. in, um, like, somewhere away, but not, like, possibly lost in the woodlands of (laughs) of Britain. Yeah. I wonder if that's just, you know, in that moment where he's he's overwhelmed by stuff and just trying to keep everyone safe and he's like we have to go just go to the woods i don't know that looks probably the safest in that moment yeah i guess i guess the porky place is like back through the campsite so you'd have had to like go past all the the death eaters and all the burning tents and everything so yeah oh yeah because their tent is like near the woods right like it's like yeah which is near the stadium so But I probably would, even the stadium, I would have been, like, go to, like, the opposite side of the stadium. Like, just anything so that they don't get lost forever in the woods. (laughs) I know. (laughs) They'll send an owl and find them. (laughs) Owls can find people no matter what, (laughs) even if they're a dog. (laughs) True. (laughs) Um, I guess I've just read too many scary stories about people getting lost in the woods. It's so Bertha Jorkins. Oh, Bertha Jorkins. What if Harry gets Bertha Jorkins? <laughs> exactly. I mean, Ludo's definitely not going to care, so someone oh, needs to. my God. Ludo's like, you know, stupid little Harry. He'll wander on <laughs> back in his own time. <laughs> uh, the worst. All right, I just can't even get into Bertha Jorkins right now. I know. <laughs> um, I just, my, my only note is just the imagery here is incredibly upsetting. 
I mean, true. And then yeah. we like move right s- swiftly on. Um, the woods are also chaos because everyone has the same idea. <laughs> Just it's like such a stressful. This whole chapter is so visceral. Like mm-hmm. I was like feeling anxiety as yeah. I was reading it. Yeah. And the the woods. You said the woods are all chaos except for one person who's like completely chill, <sighs> leaning up against a tree in the woods. Yeah, that heavy sigh kind of is exactly the reaction that I had. <laughs> just like, now is not the time, Malfoy. I'm just like picturing him like leaned up against that tree, crossing his ankles, you yeah. know, just like <laughs> chilling there. They lose Ginny and the twins pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. In the movie, I think Arthur says, uh, Fred and George, Ginny is your responsibility. But yeah. he doesn't say that in the books. Yeah, you're right. Fred just kind of grabs Ginny and is like, they just we're, grab we're out of here, guys. Come on. Yeah, and I th- I like that so much more. Like, they, yeah. they absolutely don't need instruction to take care of Ginny. Like, yeah, they- it was really cute. I think it's Fred just grabs her hand, I think, yeah. or something. But I, I just thought that was such a cute moment. Yeah, I imagine her, like, holding both of their hands, you know, like, yeah. between them. Because they're not going <laughs> to lose each other. So she's, like, sandwiched in between. Yeah. <laughs> I love their relationship. I love Ginny's relationship with all her brothers, particularly the twins. Mm-hmm. They just get each other. I like it. Like, I know it's earlier in the book, but when she's like defending Bill's fashion choices to their mom. <laughs> um, she's got to be cool. She's the only girl. <laughs> so, yeah, Malfoy's there now. Just yep. lurking. Just being a little shit. I'm, so, I don't, I mean, do you think Lucius Malfoy was like, Hey son, I'm about to do some Nazi shit. You should go on a walk. Like I don't like what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I can kind of imagine Lucius being just like just kind of getting into it, almost like oh okay, this is what we're doing. And Narcissus is like Draco, get your ass out of here. Like, oh yeah, Narcissa. Uh... Mm-hmm. Do you guys think this was a? And I can't remember if everyone knows this later in the book or not, but that this was something that was planned well before the world cup or if they these death eaters just got like got together and decided to do this day of there isn't a, a costume involved oh right so i think <laughs> maybe it had to have been planned ahead of time because they all brought their cute little nazi outfits oh yeah those cute little masks and, and hoods, hoods. And- yeah mm-hmm. yeah it just it confused me i think christina you clarified for for me earlier actually because it says that people joined in and like were laughing and having a great time but right you said it was just like a bunch of junk people who were just like also thinking it was funny and yeah i think that is that makes more sense than i was picturing like more death eaters joining and i was like how is this happening like a like a flash mob (laughs) or something (laughs) that makes it sound fun (laughs) i know (laughs) We'll just run in. It'll be really surprising. We'll just torture some muggles real quick. No one's going to see it coming. <laughs> Everyone set your alarm for exactly 2 a.m. <laughs> set your watches. Great. Set your watches. <laughs> they probably, yeah, planned it really intentionally because it's a big international event. And they did it at a time where every everyone is drunk. Like, I'm just assuming everyone's drunk. Yeah, or at least partying hard enough that no one's going to notice. Exactly. Yeah, it's like there's too much already going on. Draco Malfoy threatens Hermione, saying that she will be targeted as a mudblood, which sounds like a promise, right? Because he yeah. he sounds like he knows. 
Um, Harry asks if Draco's pa- parents are out there wearing masks, which I think we alluded to this before, but like probably Lucius, yes. Narcissa, no. Mm-hmm. Do we think Narcissa's just like in the tent drinking a glass of red wine, rolling her <laughs> eyes? <laughs> just like, damn it, Lucius, not again. <laughs> I hope so. I really hope so. I mean, she doesn't seem to be from like later in the books a death eater necessarily right. herself like she doesn't have i i mean i'm guessing she doesn't have the dark mark like draco right. does and lucius mm-hmm. and everyone yeah i i can't imagine i mean she's as good as but yeah right she's complicit but I, we don't get to see hardly any female death eaters i think that it would be really hard for me to obscure my forearm for my entire life in my cute little ladies outfits you know (laughs) like i don't think like lucius wears a suit every day i'm just imagining voldemort telling his female followers like oh no okay the death eater thing like you guys can't do that because you have to be wear able to wear your cute little right so for you it can be uh we'll just do a classic tramp stamp on your back instead (laughs) perfect Perfect. like a butt tattoo they're like my butt is burning that means he's back (laughs) i just can't (laughs) that's too much yeah Narcissa she just she probably like the reason that I assume she's mad is because I feel like a lot of the readers build a lot of story around Narcissa there's a lot like implied about her character so like if I were her I would be really angry at Lucius for threatening the stable life that we have developed with our young son ever since his last fascist overlord, you know, died or was <laughs> defeated or whatever. They've been straight chilling, doing minor villain stuff, not major villain stuff for 11 years or with 40, you know, whatever held there. Um, and so if I were her, I would be really fucking mad at him for like threatening that. Yeah, I feel she gives me the vibes of like a woman who's cleaning up messes a lot and constantly sort of the men in her life just like showboating all the time, you know, and she's just like the one that's back there like, you shut up, you're an idiot. Like I had to clean up your dishes this morning. Don't talk (laughs) like (laughs) like you even do your own dishes. Okay, right. Yeah, and then later her entire home gets taken over. Mm hmm. Yeah, and her sister and her husband are both like, this is great. This is what we're doing now. If my husband came to me and was like, hey, no big deal. We have to keep prisoners in the house. Some of the boys are coming over. Yeah, I'd be like, there's no (laughs) prisoners in the house. Like, we're not torturing in the house. That's not, this is our home. (laughs) I just got this rug, Lucius. Come on. Exactly. Yeah, so she really puts up with a lot. Which is why it's so great at the end when she tells her little lie. Anyway, um, I, there, I think that her whole character, like, rests in that one moment, you know? Yeah, everything else is headcanon. Yeah. Harry tries to light his wand. Whoops. It's missing. Harry. Get a holster for it. Why are they keeping, why are they keeping their wands in their pockets anyway? That makes no how fucking sense. How long are their pockets? I was going to say, how big are their pockets? Like, yeah, I, no I, I can understand in guys' jeans, but where is Hermione keeping hers? Like, <laughs> does she just carry it around everywhere? Does she have like yeah. a special little like, bag that it goes in? That'd be Like cute. when I go to the grocery store and I have to carry my wallet and my keys and my phone all in my hand while grocery shopping and it's the worst. Purse, purse. <laughs> Get a purse. I know, I know, I know. Okay. Or oh, you need whatever, a coat but... with some really big pockets. Yeah, trench yeah. coat. Winky comes stumbling out of the woods. Um, quote, it was as though someone invisible were trying to hold her back. 
Hmm, I wonder who. Yeah. (laughs) God, it's just this whole section is so tragic. I know, it's it's so painful. It's so painful. Mm -hmm. She... The trio is like, uh, it's she's probably just struggling because she didn't ask for permission to hide, which that's not exactly how house loves work. I think it's like she she would have had to have been expressly forbidden to hide, which would be like so fucked up to say to someone. Yeah. yeah. If things go south at the Quidditch World Cup, Winky, do not hide. Do not run. <laughs> Based on your fears. <laughs> oh my God. Um. We're laughing, but it's tragic. That's the whole theme of this show. We're laughing because trauma. (laughs) Yep. They keep stumbling across these, like, weird and incongruous, like, vignettes, basically. Like, I almost imagine, like, a... like a stage production where it's like a spotlight on like a tableau and then it goes out and they stumble and then like another spotlight and like it's Stan Shumpike now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you've got like the lady in, in blue. Uh, well, she's probably not wearing a school uniform to be fair. She's like, where is Madame Maxime? Hogwarts. They're, they're so stupid. They're like, what? Instead of being like, I don't speak French. Sorry. Love, they're like, I, whoa. I specifically love that Hermione takes the time at this moment, though, to tell them where she read about Bobatons. <laughs> it's like a reflex. Yeah. It's like when it's like when people are like, to me, they're like, I like your dress. And I'm like, thanks. It was on sale for $8. It's like, <laughs> I can't not say that part. Yeah, yeah that's very true. <laughs> thanks. It has pockets. <laughs> she always have to, has to cite her sources. My dress has pockets. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Stan Shunpike, um, there's some Vila, and Ron gets possessed. He's like, why is Ron, like, more susceptible to Vila? Is it because he's just, like, hot-blooded generally? I I, I had the same thought reading the chapter, like, but Harry, why not? Like... Yeah, Harry's, like, full adrenaline right now. You you fully... You were gonna jump out of the box earlier, so... Yeah. Yeah, and well, and and then later when Fleur comes to Hogwarts, I mean, Ron is, like, extra affected i don't know why it's weird i mean i can only assume that maybe harry has the emotional range of a teaspoon (laughs) at this point and ron maybe does not and maybe ron is kind of more at that point in being a 14 year old boy where he's like girls omg right yes harry does not i mean his interest in girls is like so like weak like late like even when he starts having a crush here on show it's like it's basically like nothing you know he's just like like, she's really good at quidditch yeah that's the foundation (laughs) of any good relationship we're both great at quidditch (laughs) we know one that he likes jenny it's true Mm, jenny she's so cool um ludo bagman appears in a tableau (laughs) in the night literally pops in and out yeah he's like very confused the children have to inform him that there is a riot happening and he just, like, swears and leaves again. He's too busy with, like, his fraudulent leprechaun goal to have any awareness right now. Oh, you can see him spiraling. It's That that part's, like, not hard to look at. It's just yeah. like, dude, come on. <laughs> do, we, do we know? I don't remember why he's already looking strained, but also doesn't know that there's a riot happening. I think he probably, like, bet pretty heavily... Oh. like in a direction that like did not happen at the world cup so people are already coming at him for their winnings and he like just uh, he can't he doesn't have any hiding in the woods already yeah but now that there's like so he could have probably just dipped out except for that there's a riot happening so he like his absence will be noticed now yeah yeah that makes sense he almost made it almost made <laughs> yeah. it. could have been halfway to 
I don't know. Where do people go? Tijuana. I don't know. <laughs> Let's say Bermuda. <laughs> they hear someone stumbling in the darkness and they're like, hello. Who's <laughs> there? Who's there? We're just three children. One of us doesn't even have a wand. <laughs> Which are playing with our action figures. Go away. <laughs> yeah, Ron is just chilling with this little crumb action figure. That's like all he has to ground him to the real world right now. <laughs> The silence is rent by a voice casting a mysterious spell. Mors mortar. I mean, you can't read that in the book without hearing David Tennant yelling it. Yes. So completely. True. Oh my God. So well cast. That was my introduction to David Tennant and like, what an introduction. <laughs> so good. It's so and, good. And he'd lick his lips right after it. Oh, <laughs> So gross. <laughs> so a green skull... With a snake coming out of its mouth. That's what it is. It, it appears, it grows, it flies over the treetops. This is our first look at the Dark Mark. Name of the chapter. I also appreciate that we get sort of Harry's muggle world perspective on things. Like you hear it glows like a neon sign. You know? Oh, yeah. So we, we get to know what that's like. Yeah, totally. That does paint, like, a picture right away. Yeah, which we wouldn't get if Harry was just Wizard Harry, you know. Yeah, it was just, like, it, spark- it was sparkly. <laughs> it runs on electricity. <laughs> um, there are screams. People are screaming. Would you scream if you saw something like that? I mean, I think Mr. Weasley does a really good job. I know it's later in the chapter of mm-hmm. explaining why it's so terrifying to people. Because if I saw that, I would probably be mesmerized. I would think it looked really cool and scary in a way but not terror you know not a feeling of terror but he does such a good job of explaining like that when people used to see that 13 years ago it meant their loved ones were dead or someone else was dead and it was just happening over and over yeah yeah i guess it would very much depend on if i knew or not and i think either way my reaction might be like slink quietly in between the trees and back away that is exactly the thing i i feel, i think this all the time when i'm like watching scary movies and stuff and people are screaming like it just seems like it's unless you're being like act, unless you're trying to actively get help right it's screaming like the bad guy's gonna know where you are you know like i think i would just fall dead silent maybe yeah get a little mesmerized and um probably just try to like quickly get away but yeah it's probably really shocking in the confusion hermione tries to get them all to run but suddenly they are surrounded by over 20 wizards i'm gonna call them the dad patrol (laughs) it's all dads i mean that is what they are (laughs) it's arthur weasley it's um barney crouch it's amos diggory that's pretty much all there's like one witch who gets some dialogue she could be a dad we don't know in a woolly dressing gown (laughs) notably missing lucius malfoy and no one seems to really make a comment about that at all because he he could be in like very dramatic air quotes he could be like handling something somewhere else you know He's looking after his his wife and child. Right, exactly. Cut him, cut him some slack, you know? The trio ducks. They avoid being stupefied. Pretty smart. I, I mean, everyone thinks they cast the dark mark. But so Arthur finally recognizes them and comes forward to protect them. That's my son. It's That's my boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, Lord. Amos Degree is like, I just got the weirdest deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, they go back and forth at length because Barty Crouch Sr. thinks that the kids made the mark. I get it. That is something that, like, a shitty teenager would do. Um, but, like, how do you – I think the witch or someone makes the point, like, how how could they know how to do this? It's like a – you can't how just find this in a book. Yeah, and it hasn't it hasn't been seen by anyone, reportedly, at least, since yeah. they were born or not even born yet, so. Right. I love that Crouch uses, like, Amos has the same logic as Crouch. It's like, oh, okay, so here is evidence the kids must have done it. And then Crouch does a complete 180. He's like, Harry Potter? Do do this? Like, <laughs> no. Even though he just spent, like, half a page being like, you did it. I know you did it. Everyone is, like, straight wildin' out right now. Like, yeah. like, but and I think that part of why they're so quick to accuse the kids is because a couple of shitty kids doing something like this is so much better than the alternative. Yeah, That it was true. done by a supporter of Lord Voldemort in, in dead seriousness. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, I just got chills down my spine. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> um... Everyone, I mean, generally people are pretty skeptical that the kids could have managed this. Amos Diggory goes to check the bushes where the kids heard the incantation. Because their stunning spells went in every direction. How did they not stun each other? I know, I wondered that. Like, how big is this circle? And how bad is their aim? Yeah, it really seems like they should have been aiming better. So Amos comes back from the woods carrying the unconscious Winky. God Damn it. Her little limp body. Never has any character been as victimized by the plot of Harry Potter as Winky the house elf. Right. She's been sacrificed for the story. Man, and Barty Crouch, frankly, handles this very well, I think. Like, I, Or maybe it's just the circumstance. Like, he is, like, so unwilling to believe that his house self could have done this, that he goes to check for maybe someone else, right? It's it just, like, the cover is so good. It makes perfect sense. Well, is it at this point that he is, like, thinking that maybe his son is... That's my son! Back? Exactly. My boy. He exactly okay. knows that it's his son, but it, it okay. makes perfect sense that he would go for, like, this other reason. Right. I mean, if he is, if he is like, in pure shock doing this, though, he does a great job of, like, not giving anything away. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. he's acting very well. But I think that's because he's been doing it for a while. He's been lying True. about this for a long time. It's his, like, only secret. Yeah. He's committed very hard. A little too hard. <laughs> um, he's the only person who knows exactly what is going on here in this scene. Mm-hmm. But it's so out of his control. Like... Winky had a wand on her. Oh, so so Barty Crouch is like, oh, yeah, no one's there. Um, which we know that there right. was someone there. And we know that he knows. And yeah. And but they don't know say, that we know that they know that, that we know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Winky had a wand, which is illegal because she is like a non-human. Uh, which sucks, but also it's cool. She doesn't need a wand. Her magic is just really badass. Yeah, yeah I wonder why they... Even had to make that into a law. Yeah. Interesting. Kind of weird. Just racism? <laughs> well, okay. It, just institutionalized racism? Yeah, maybe. that's... There it is. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking there could be another reason. No, I get what you're saying, though, because, like, a lot of the times you hear about laws and you're like, what happened that they had to make mm-hmm. this a law? Like, who right. Like who took Which a Which himself went, like... Yeah. <laughs> just totally bonkers with a, <laughs> a wizard wand. At this point, Ludo Bagman rolls up. <laughs> In classic Ludo fashion. Yep. 
The annoying part is he makes them repeat exactly what they just said. I know. A moment before. I would just be like, Ludo, listen, I'm sorry you weren't here. <laughs> I'm, we're not going to re-explain it to you. I honestly wonder if this was a writing technique because this is the first book of this complexity and this length and this density in the series most of the readers are children and this is the first chapter where a lot of things are happening all at once so i almost wonder if they they you know the gods who wrote this book (laughs) were like just to be clear let's repeat what just happened (laughs) we know there's a lot going on as a child you probably have not comprehended a lot of the real bad shit that's gone down in this chapter just in case you're confused it's bad yeah. <laughs> it's like putting a little wink right after you say something, you know, like a adding winky. it. Like, a little winky. Aww, <laughs> yeah. Soon. They're like, look no. at the clues. <laughs> look at what's happening. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Amos Diggory revives Winky. Okay. If you, if it wasn't bad before, it's like super bad now. I don't, I don't like, <sighs> I don't like watching this. Um, she immediately starts having a panic attack, just a straight up panic attack. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely no one cares at all even the people who are like she probably didn't do it don't really care that she's like that upset um she claims she didn't do it amos starts like waving amos is like such a loose cannon right now (laughs) he's like waving around this wand that winky was found with which but harry recognizes it as his own missing wand so then it's like oh well you cast it then well then surely she cast it well you certainly cast it like just (laughs) Uh, just so, you just want someone to be guilty, damn yeah, it. Yeah, someone, anyone besides an actual Death Eater, please. Like a, a voiceless, no, a, wait, a formless voice in the woods is like not who you want to be casting <laughs> this spell. Yeah, so he's like, yeah, uh, better option, Harry Potter or the house elf. Perfect. <laughs> I have my culprits. Uh, Harry. Everyone's always like, you're good or you're you're evil. There's like no in between for Harry. It's either like you did. He's being accused of being like the chosen one or being accused of like doing a horrible crime. And like, why can't you just think he's like a normal guy? (laughs) Yeah, like I get it that, you know, when they say like Harry's the least likely to have cast this. But they they also they do it so quickly, considering that they, I think, are trying to assume that it was someone who didn't really mean it. You know, like, who isn't an actual Death Eater, right? So, like, Harry could be an asshole and just, like, a (laughs) a, a teenager just messing with stuff. Or be misinformed about what that means. Right, yeah. Patchy education of Voldemort's rise to power. Oh, my God, that reminds me of, like, when I... I don't know why this memory just, like, came to me, but, like, when I was much younger, I was, like, talking in elementary school. I was talking to my friend Lauren, and I was like, can you write something down for me? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll spell it for you. F... And she was like, okay, F. Okay. And then I was like, you. And she was like, okay, cool, you. And then I was like, C. And she was like, okay, C, great. And I was like, K. And she was like, oh, I'm not going to write that. <laughs> <laughs> like, Harry, just cast this thing. It's like this fun party thing. Like, people will love it. <laughs> and then he casts it. And he's like, hey. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> just a flashing the young lights i don't get it i don't get it i thought this was a party <laughs> they're accusing winky hermione points out that the spell was cast by a deep voice not a winky voice i mean you would know if a house self was the one who said anything ever at any time like it's not yeah. subtle amos diggory performs a little 
priori and cantatum. That'll probably never come up again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then a tiny little dark mark comes out of the wand. So cute. A cute little miniature. <laughs> Confirming that it was the last spell cast on that wand. Um, how would you feel using your wand after this? If someone like took your wand and violated it? <laughs> I would feel like I needed to cast a lot of spells. Like, do you know when some, like... If someone sends you a picture, I'm I'm particularly thinking of, like, my family in the group chat and the eight-legged interloper variety. Oh, I see. Um, which <laughs> freaks the heck out of me. Okay. And I will just, like, spam the chat to, like, get it, <laughs> yeah. get it off the screen. <laughs> yes. I'm like, nope, do not need that. Just mm-hmm. cast, like, Accio, Lumos, Alohomora, all of these things just, like... <laughs> yeah, like, rinse it out. Right, yeah. rinse it out. <laughs> For sure. My siblings, whenever... um. Whenever one of my siblings, whenever she accidentally cusses in the like family chat, <laughs> she'll say flood the chat, and then we're all supposed to just <laughs> say as much as we can. Amos then casts Deletrius to erase the image, which is I, we've talked so before funny. about how some of these spells are a little etymologically transparent, some yeah. more than others. <laughs> Deletrius. What, what are you talking about? What could Deletrius possibly mean? <laughs> it's just the stupidest spell. Like, surely he should be able to just whoosh it away with his hand. I don't know. Erasio. I want to know what it would, what other things it might delete. Is it only for deleting <laughs> the miniature version of a previous spell? Like, is that specifically what it's for? Can you delete a person? <laughs> That would um, be way more you you could just do that <laughs> instead of a Vada Kedavra. I wonder if it serves as like an eraser. <laughs> it's funny because the word delete is like contemporarily it like really has only like technological associations. Like mm-hmm. you don't delete things yeah. in real life. It's only on the computer. Hmm. Um it's like it just seems like a dad thing. It's like, where's the <laughs> deletrius button? <laughs> uh. Arthur suggests that perhaps Winky grabbed the wand after someone else discarded it. And it's so sad here because Winky cannot tell the story of what actually happened, which is that she was protecting Barty Crouch's, uh, like, most big, most biggest secret. And she failed. And, like, his son did this. Like, she can't. She has no explanation. She's just so sad. Yeah. But she's, I mean, this next bit annoys me so much. Both, like just on principle for Winky because the injustice, but also from the point of view of if Mr. Crouch was really trying to keep his son a secret, he does like the stupid, like just the most ridiculous thing. Right. By casting Deletrius on Winky from his household. Right. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to use that for everything now. (laughs) I mean, and maybe that's because he like knows Winky so well to know that her loyalty will go on forever, which is fucked up um but like yeah the second you dismiss her she's no longer bound to keep your family secrets yeah so yeah he tells winky she will be receiving clothes as punishment it's later revealed that he had to do this because she had failed him in like her one job of keeping barty crouch jr under wraps but like yeah it just seems like she could do so much more good if she if he kept her and let her help resolve the situation you know yeah, or at least like less potential damage yeah 
Yeah, I, I'm wondering because he says, let me handle it instead of taking her to the ministry or wherever yeah. um, to be questioned. So I think he's that's the one thing that he can do in front of everyone that proves that he's taking it very seriously and that he, you know, even if she didn't do it, that she's yeah. done these bad things and he's going to lose sort of some of his power, I think, if he just says he's going to handle it and they go away together as a family. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think it's weird that, you know, they're obviously building up the whole Hermione spew thing in this um, chapter. Yeah. Um, and I think it's strange that Hermione, because she knows what clothes mean. And I know that she knows that Winky having to leave the family and being accused of this thing make Winky very upset. And she doesn't know what's going to happen to her. But also it's her gaining freedom. And she just yelled at Ron for saying mm-hmm. house elves like doing that. Right. And then a house elf is technically being freed in a right. terrible way, but still being freed. And she's upset about that, too. I think it's probably just like empathy for Winky's emotional reaction here. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say kind of like gut reaction, like you have upset her. Undo it now. Yeah. 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 I mean, because Winky immediately loses her head at this news. Like she mm-hmm. is really not OK. And it's just anyone, anyone anyone hug her even like smile at her just like anyone do anything for this person yeah Uh, um whatever it's over arthur (laughs) asks for harry's wand back he leads his gang out of the woods when they get out of the woods there's a big crowd of people looking for answers um they're like who cast this dark mark i love that they're like arthur weasley you are you are like a trusted ministry person. Tell yeah. us. We know you were involved. Like, we know that you would have been involved in fixing this. Tell us, Arthur. We trust you. Slash, you obviously have Harry Potter with you and he's involved in everything that, that goes too. down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arthur basically is just like, it's not Voldemort, but we also don't know whom the fuck it is. So bye. <laughs> I want to go to bed. I want to mm-hmm. go to it's bed. off. Ginny and the twins have made it safely back to the tent. They probably had a good time. <laughs> they probably had a good time running into the woods and then like making it out again. Yeah, honestly, they especially Ginny, because I'm sure that if she got scared or upset, her brothers just made her laugh the whole time. Yeah. That's what I, possible. I was going to say the same thing. They're probably telling like they're probably be- keeping it like very fun. You know, mm-hmm. they would um, be the best people in a crisis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So they all kind of are talking about what happened in the woods. Hermione and Arthur explain the meaning of the dark mark. Um, As we mentioned, Voldemort and his followers cast it into the air wherever they killed. And Hermione once again mentions the exact book she got this from. (laughs) Right. Just in case we want to do a bit of background reading. Yeah. We also learn about Death Eaters. We're getting introduced to a lot of stuff. Um, I think this is really setting the tone for the rest of the book where it's like, hey, this isn't just like one larger than life villain. This is like a system of villainy that still exists, even though Trump is not president anymore. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I meant even (laughs) though Voldemort has been defeated ostensibly. Yeah. It's a system. And the Death Eaters are still out there because a lot of them got away. Um, A lot of them claimed that they were only doing Voldemort's work, you know, under the Confundus. Under the influence. Yeah, under the influence, exactly. Not Confundus, um, the other one. Imperious. It feels like it it was one of the first times when I was reading it when I was younger that, like, good and 
and evil are really complex right in these ways i I just thought it was really interesting when they the dark mark gets cast and then the death eaters run scared yeah um and that's such a, a a strange thing for harry and them to see like that doesn't make any sense um, and then is it Hermione who explains that they would be scared? I think it's Hermione. Uh, yeah, I don't says, really like, remember. think about it, <laughs> as she always does. Think about it for a second. Oh, it's Bill. And then Hermione's like, so is the dark not helping us or? Right. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, because this is the first time that these Death Eaters have demonstrated in this way since the fall of Voldemort. And for them to all be together, um, really raising hell, and then, like, to see uh, Voldemort's sign that, like, none of them cast, you know? Like, I, I assume that they were all, like, in a different location, and it was really ob- obvious that this was, like, not part of it. Um, this wasn't part of the plan. They planned it ahead of time, as we decided. And so, yeah, it's like... Uh, that's scary. Like, that's really scary. Like, if Voldemort's back, this is not what he wants us to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking partying. <laughs> like, oh, shit, we done fucked up. Boss is here now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so all the Death Eaters escaped, but the Roberts family were luckily caught and physically safe. Uh, they are having their memories modified. Um, I'm sure you have to bring in like literally like a memory expert to get rid of trauma like this. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, based on what we know about trauma, you can delete the memory, but that <laughs> that trauma is still inside you. Yeah. I'm wondering about like the after effects that they would feel that they would never be able to explain, like the yeah. dreams yeah. they would have. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one day one of them will mention the dream to the other one and they'll be like, I had the same exact dream. And then they just, otherwise in their life, there's no magic, you know, and they just never know. Yeah. yeah. All those That's like crazy. visceral reactions to like a certain situation or like sound or something. And they're like, yeah. I mean, I don't know why, but no, no, thank you. What if they all suddenly develop crowd anxiety? Oh my God. Yeah. T- like together. Oh, whatever. I just, I just makes me so upset to think about it. So uh, yeah, everyone goes back to bed. Good night. Sleep tight. The end. And I was like, my letter. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, pretty fucked up. <laughs> I love this chapter because it's one of the first chapters out of the series where there's so many hints that come out so much later. Like, yeah. She, yeah. you know, foreshadowing in, in these books is um, great really from the get-go. But this is where it really starts getting complex. And you can go back and be like, oh, my God, there was an actual person yeah. Like Barty Crouch Jr. literally existed in all of these scenes. Right. He yeah. was present. And it made sense. It's just crazy. And we just made excuses for it like Harry does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, there's, you know, things like Ludo Bagman where you're like, he's clearly up to no good. Um, but <laughs> it's he's just a red herring the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, the fan fiction reading headcanon kind of. Draco ultimately deserves a, more of a redemption than Snape kind of side of me wants to be like, no, maybe he's just being like really mean to Hermione as a front for like, no, get you should get to safety. This oh. is not going to be good for you. You need mm-hmm. to go away. Hmm. And then I'm like, no, Draco's just being an ass. Yeah, that's like an interpretation of it. Yeah, but like, did, I pretty like, much he's, he's not there yet. <laughs> he is just enjoying the chaos. <laughs> yeah. It, it is hard to know at any point, like, what, like, exactly how Draco, because I think even he himself, like, doesn't know a lot of the time. Like, yeah. am I good? 
Am I yeah, bad? I was going to say, I think sometimes, like, even if he maybe did mean in this case, like you're talking about, that he wouldn't really know that he's even doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's just not that <laughs> self-aware at that point, He just point, wants I think. to insult her and mm-hmm. make yeah. all of them feel really bad while he feels really great about himself. Malfoy is just like, what are you even doing in this chapter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just so, just like the way he just always pops up with that perfect one-liner. Yeah. You know, Dude, that get a it hobby. just happens to be there. Like, uh, <laughs> Go to bed. Go to bed. Do something His else. hobby is like lurking to deliver quippy one-liners at Harry mm-hmm. Potter. Yeah. All right, well, are y'all ready to move into uh, to some plugs? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would love to start by plugging our Patreon we uh we we have one um we would love for you to support us over there the link is in the show notes um this month's bonus episode we sorted brooklyn 99 characters into hogwarts houses that was a lot of fun we love that show and for as little as a dollar a month you can be a part of our discord community uh where a lot of fun stuff happens all the time so um please consider joining us on our patreon beth will you please start by telling people where they can find you on the internet yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Recalls, which is R-E-E-K-L-E-S. I'm on Instagram at AuthorBethRecalls, TikTok at BethRecalls. Um, you can find my books, The Kissing Booth, in pretty much like any bookshop, I guess, or wherever you want to buy books. And yeah, my new book, Love Lockdown, or the US edition is going to be called Lockdown on London Lane, which is coming out in February. Cool. I didn't know that um, books sometimes did different titles. Well, I guess fucking person uh put what what books are we talking about (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's so cool i can't wait to read your new book it's uh, just yeah yeah and so what have you been reading watching listening to um playing thinking about recently that you think our listeners might enjoy oh god i had like three of these prepared and now i've gone blank um (laughs) that's me every episode wow um i mean i've recently got into playing Dungeons and Dragons I finally found some people to play with um so I recently bought the D&D player's handbook to read um, hell yeah <laughs> and I recently finished reading a book called Talk Bookish to Me which was a really fun rom-com by a woman called Kate Bromley awesome I love a bookish romance like that that is right up my alley yeah. it was it was really good fun Mary Payton how about you where can people find you on the internet you can find me at Richmond Reads um Oh, on Instagram at Richmond Reads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, don't even worry worry about my Twitter, right? Because you don't use. <laughs> I forgot I had one until you just <laughs> asked me. You know, so the only plug I have is like one that I'm not even that into. It's just the only thing I'm really taking in at this moment, which is Squid Game. I was gonna say, don't plug it. <laughs> you don't like it. <laughs> it's like no, it, it's complex because I um I do definitely think I'm extra sensitive when it comes to mortality and things like that i definitely yeah. feel it and um you know think oh, way overthink it so this story does have a lot of that in it but it is in, it is very um interesting it's definitely sucked me in the fact that i keep wanting to watch more and more episodes um it's a nice. really cool concept so i i just i do recommend taking it in if you can <laughs> not for the faint of heart yes exactly <laughs> 
I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at Christina the Con. You can follow me on Twitter at Christina Con, and you can follow me on TikTok at Sprouts Private Stash. And this week, I'm going to plug Nine Perfect Strangers, which is a Hulu mini series based on the book series, uh, the book by Leanne Moriarty, who also wrote uh, Big Little Lies, which was like explosively popular um, on HBO or whatever a couple years ago. Um, really incredible writer. And the Hulu adaptation is um, so well executed. It's about it's about psychedelic therapy. I mean, if you've done shrooms before, um, watching this show is a special experience. Um, they, I mean, there's no way that the producers of this did not like do shrooms. <laughs> like, there's no way to replicate it so perfectly. Um, really incredible. So. Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an absolute delight to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Good. I'm so glad. Yeah. So until next time, I got to go finish reading Birthmark or Darkmark, A Guide to Wizarding Dermatology by Cyber Toaster before this book starts attracting wizard Nazis. Bye. 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 The Restricted Section is delighted to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, featuring other amazing podcasts such as Content and Capable. Having recently become an adult, Sam is on a quest to find out how to actually be one. Each week, Sam asks people how they are content with their life and feel capable as a functioning adult in society. Hi, my name is Sam, and I've recently become an adult. But let's be honest, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Like, can I still enjoy the kiddie rides at theme parks? And how do I look important and feel relaxed while traveling? Join me as I ask people how they are content with their life and feel capable as a functioning adult in society. Each Monday, myself and a guest will chat about a topic they feel passionate about and our adventures and struggles of being an adult in the real world. The Restricted Section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Restricted Section Pod, on Twitter at Restricted Pod, and on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. We're all just doing our best. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.